first things first, we've got to go play our best football. And we've got to win. We've got to be 1-0 and this week. And that, though you hear it and you might say, well, it's cliche, yeah, but it's true, too, you know? We need to be 1-0 and this week. We need to play our best football in Seattle of the year to win the game. Uh, and that's what we're planning on doing, and that's what we're going to work for. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We've got our look-ahead episode for the Seattle Seahawks playing at 425 Eastern Time because it's a West Coast game. Going to have to travel all the way across the country for this one. Seattle is a great city to visit as a tourist, one of the hardest cities in the NFL to play. So they're known for their 12th man. They have an excellent team this season. It's going to be one of the biggest tests the Ravens will face all season long. This is a team that they might even see in the Super Bowl when they inevitably make it, as I've been predicting all year. <laughs> but nevertheless, guys, I wanted to kick this one off. What do you guys think? What are we looking at this week? Wow, man. I feel like back when we did the schedule prediction, this was like one of the games that we talked about the most, if not the most. I thought going into the season, it was really hard to predict who was going to win this game. I have since shifted to one side, but we'll talk about that. I don't want to give away my final thoughts while we're going into this game until we do our score predictions. But for the reasons you said, this is a very tough test for the Ravens. This might even be a tougher test than it was playing in Kansas City. I don't know. Wilson is playing at the MVP level that Mahomes is playing at last year right now. Not to say that Mahomes is having a bad season. I just don't think he's he's with that ankle injury, he's quite the Mahomes of last year at this point. And then 12th man going all the way across the to the other side of the country, banged up secondary. I know the Ravens plugged up Joe Mixon last week, but Chris Carson, I think, is a much more powerful, better runner. And I haven't even started talking about their defense yet, which picked off Baker Mayfield three times last week, which seems to be what every NFL defense is is doing this year, but the Ravens still only got him <laughs> once. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> ah, I'll let you guys talk. I threw a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably two things we want to look at. I mean, one, Russell Wilson is just having a phenomenal season this year. A lot of people are saying, you know, between him and Christian McCaffrey, those two guys look like the front runners of MVP vote this season. And so, that's going to be a huge challenge for us, you know, especially given the injuries that we're having now in our secondary. I think I brought this up two episodes ago, and this is kind of a, you know, I have the same opinion on it, but I think this game is just going to tell us a lot about the rest of our season, even if we don't win the game. It's going to be a hard task, I think, for us to be able to go on the West Coast to to play the Seahawks, who are such a good team, and to come out with a win. It's just going to be difficult, but we need to see how our team is going to respond offensively, defensively, and on special teams to see whether we're even going to have a chance with the latter half of our season, everything after the bye. Because looking after Seattle as well, the schedule does not get easier. It gets much, much harder. So if we come out and lay an egg at this game, doesn't look good for us. Yeah, you've got Russell Wilson completing 72.5% of his passes. He hasn't thrown a pick this season whatsoever. That is, like you're saying, MVP-level performance right there. Yeah, and it's not just the numbers. I mean, I haven't watched the Seahawks a ton this year, but I did catch off and on their game against the Rams when that was on Thursday Night Football. I don't know if you guys saw the highlight, but early on in that game, Wilson got forced out to his his left by the Rams' defense, 
and it looks like he's just throwing the ball away. That that looks like what you do in that situation with that play. That looks like where the trajectory of the ball was going. Somehow, he just pins the ball perfectly in the back left corner of the end zone to Tyler Lockett, who is covered tightly by Eric Weddle. And Lockett's able to get in a, a toe-grab touchdown. And it's, it was just a constant reminder, or, or just a, another reminder of how good of football this guy's playing. We talked about the numbers. He made some other plays in that game that I saw that were just excellent plays. You could make the argument that, you know, with with Roethlisberger and Breeze hurt, Brady being old, Rodgers off to a slow start this year, Philip Rivers looking like he's done. Russell Wilson, you could make the argument, is the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would definitely buy that. Given the way he's played, I, that that pass to Lockett, like you mentioned, Peter. I mean, yeah, that was such a beautiful pass. <laughs> you hope that we are able to contain him to not make plays like that, but you know it's going to happen, and it's going to suck during the game. But you know, you're going to look at it after and be like, "Damn, like he's such a good player." <laughs> it's just crazy. The thing that's really popping off the page for me is that Tyler Lockett has caught 85.4 percent of his targets, which is a really high number. For a wide receiver and that just shows the the way he's able to make plays and attack the point of the, where the ball's coming in yeah i will say as a uh a person with uh with stake in tyler lockett my fantasy league uh, <laughs> he's not a volume stats guy <laughs> he doesn't get a ton of catches but yeah he is uh, uh very efficient when it comes uh, to catching the ball the ravens caught a break with will disley getting hurt last week you know, obviously, we're sad to see a guy get hurt like that, but he would have made our lives even more difficult. <laughs> As we look ahead to key matchups, we have written down here Marlon Humphrey versus Tyler Lockett. I think that's a, a clear one, but I wrote down that I'm really curious to see how Canada, if he plays or Carr, plays against DK Metcalf and the other supporting wide receivers there because. It's not just Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf has come on the scene as a rookie and had some pretty explosive and big plays. He's looking like he might be the real deal in the NFL after some worries coming out of college that he might be a one-trick pony. And then last week, Gerard Brown managed to have two touchdowns kind of coming out of nowhere. And maybe he's going to become more of a feature of this offense. So the passing game has weapons that the Reigns are going to have to account for. And with the injuries we've had at secondary, it's going to be a very tough matchup. Yeah, and, and to your point on the multitude of receiving options that the Seahawks have, I didn't see when Disley got hurt in this game, but looking on the stat sheet against the Browns, so Disley only had one catch. You know, we're talking about Tyler Lockett. He had five catches for 75 yards, which is you know a solid game, but Russell Wilson still spread the ball around to a lot of players. Metcalf, four for 69, more three for 36. Chris Carson coming out of the backfield four for 35. Like, even if the Ravens shut down one of these players, like, Russell is going to get the ball out to, to these guys, regardless if this game ends up being a win or a loss for the Ravens. The defense is not going to come out here and totally shut down the Seahawks' offense. I mean, they might. Anything can happen. They could surprise us. But I think this team, these aren't a lot of guys who get a lot of have a lot of name recognition among a lot of casual NFL fans, I would say. But 
I think the Seahawks have a really good scheme and Russell Wilson is just one of those quarterbacks like like Tom Brady or or Philip Rivers who you can surround them with guys who on any other team would seem like, you know, third or fourth stringers, but they're able to to find ways to get these guys make the most of their talents and uh turn them into players who are producing. On that note, the offense isn't the only thing the Ravens are going to have to keep their hands full with on Sunday. I was reminded looking over the roster here that the Ravens are going to have to go off against not just Jadavian Clowney, who the Seahawks traded for in the offseason, but also Ziggy Ansah, who is off to a slow start this year. It looks like he only has one sack, but this is a guy who, you know, obviously we don't watch many Detroit Lions games, but he's a name that I've I've recognized and I've know he's he's put up big sack numbers in the past. Both these guys are going to be given our offensive line fits on Sunday. And I don't know if we're going to be bringing in, you know, if Boyle and Hurst are going to have to be doing even more blocking than they usually do to try and mitigate these guys, but but the Ravens are definitely going to have to have a game plan for these guys. Lamar isn't going to be able to outrun these guys all day. That's that's going to be a tough matchup there for the tackles and the tight ends. Right. Well, and before I before I get to that point, Peter, because I think it's a good one, I uh, just wanted to recap that the Seattle defense is it's pretty good. I'm just looking at the overall um, team stats, and it looks like they are 13th overall, according to NFL.com's uh, total yards ranking of defense. And I know that's not the best ranking of defense, but just according to that, you know, they're 13. So that's within the top half of the league. So that's that's pretty good. Not as good as their offense. I mean, their offense is actually number five in total yards. We're number one. Still pretty, pretty good. Ours is only number 20 if you count for total yards. But yeah, you, you bring up a good point, though, Peter, about Jadavian Clowney. And I think he's going to be a particularly good challenge for us because I know that he was I think more known as a run stuffer in Houston, everyone really wanted him to be that sort of elite pass rusher. And he was good, but I don't think anybody in Houston would say that he was really great as a pass rusher. He was definitely much better at setting the edge and stopping the run. And, you know, for a team that likes to run the ball as much as we do, you know, he's definitely going to be a challenge. We're going to have to find a way to contain him. That's a great point that you're bringing up there. Because usually when you think of, outside linebackers you are usually thinking about the pass rush but you know as we as we all all of us Ravens fans know this year setting the edge is very important when you're (laughs) defending the run and Jadavian Clowney does that better than most outside linebackers slash defensive ends in the league so it was good to see the Ravens get Gus Edwards and especially Justice Hill who had been kind of a bit MIA um, in recent weeks, get them on the field as much as, as Ingram was last week because all three of those guys have different running styles. And, and of course, we got Lamar as well. So I think even if the Ravens have trouble blocking these guys, I think they'll still have, they'll have a card up their sleeve with, with these being able to attack them with these four different running approaches. That's easily the best thing we can do. We're able to really have a great running attack against them and potentially get the ball out quickly and in space that would really slow up Clowney and Ziggy that's going to be absolutely imperative I hope they get off to a really quick start hopefully Hollywood Brown's available this week 
You know, he didn't play last week to get the full strength this week. That'll be really important, but everybody on the offensive side is going to have to step up against this challenge. So I want to take this time to look a little bit about, you know, how the Seahawks have done against their the other opponents they faced this year because you know, I, I feel like we'll get to our score predictions later, like I keep saying, but the vibe I'm getting from a lot of Ravens fans is that this game is already an L. I'm not saying every Ravens fan thinks that, but the general consensus I'm getting is that there's not a lot of faith in Baltimore among the fans that the Ravens have much of a shot in this game. But despite the fact that the Seahawks are 5-1, and one, their fans are talking about the shortcomings on their team as well, just like every NFL city is. You know, every team always thinks that whatever their team's weakness is, like, that's their the weakest have the weakest left guard situation in the NFL or the weakest secondary because you're looking at it week in and week out and you're able to see all the kinks and bruises in it. So, you know, Seahawks are five and one. They have the second best record in the NFC, but are not division leaders because they're behind the still undefeated San Francisco, amazingly enough. To start the season off, they they had very close games against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Only beat Cincinnati by one point at home, edged out a two-point victory against Pittsburgh in the game where Big Ben went down. They lost at home to New Orleans. Oh, wow. Actually, their schedule is almost like us. They're, they're away home, away home until, until December. That's funny. It's a six-point loss to New Orleans at home, 17-point victory against Arizona in Arizona, one-point victory against LA Rams on Thursday night football. And then we rag on Baker and the Browns, but they did beat us. And they actually looking from the game recap, incorrect calls were made at the end of that game on a critical fourth down that the Browns could have had a touchdown on, but didn't. And see how Adel escapes with a 32 to 28 victory at Cleveland. So they're five and one. Russell Wilson is playing out of their mind. But aside from that Arizona game, all these games are coin flips. Right. Yeah, they're definitely very close. So it seems like we have a shot, at least on, you know, at the surface. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our bold predictions and our score predictions. One thing that Peter pulled up for us was that the Seahawks lead the series 3-2. and two. We actually won the first two times we ever played against them. And Peter, I want you to tell that story you were telling us before we recorded about one of the times that we won. <laughs> so, yeah, so back in the day when I was, you know, in uh, late elementary school, early middle school, my dad for a period of time had season tickets to the Ravens. And so I got to go to my fair share of games during that period. And there was a game where we all went as a family and it was against Seattle. Those of you remember the, the Anthony Wright days when he had took over for Kyle Bowler midway through 2003, in the middle of Jamal Lewis's 2,000-yard uh, season. This was Anthony Wright's second NFL start with the Ravens after a lackluster showcase against Miami, where I think the Ravens lost something like 9-6. to So at halftime, the score was 17-3, to Seattle. Ravens looked terrible. We decided to go home because, you know, we were unprepared for the change in weather. We didn't really bring coach. So we were a little cold, but I was 
telling my dad the whole way out of the stadium, like, we should stay. The game's not over. Ravens can come back. And he's telling me, like, nah, nah. This game's done. They're not going to win. It's over. And if you guys remember that game, if you don't remember that game, I would advise you to read a game recap of that or find some footage on YouTube, despite the fact that the video resolution will be terrible. Because Anthony Wright played and Marcus Robinson both play the game of their lives. And the Ravens won a very exciting back and forth game, 44 to 41 in overtime. And I was telling my dad the whole time when we got home, listening to it on the radio, driving home, watching the fourth car, I was like, see, I told you, I told you they could win. And my 11-year-old self, that was like my proudest moment at the time because I was right about something my dad was wrong about. So So I remember that game very well. Unfortunately, the Ravens uh, in the past three matchups since then had used up all their luck against Seattle and were unable to come out with a victory. Fun fact, Seattle and Baltimore, I guess, are the only NFL franchises that Joe Flacco has yet to defeat in his NFL career. Well, and John Harbaugh, right? And John Harbaugh, exactly. Yeah, okay. So, so John Harbaugh can, uh, can get his, can say that he's beaten every team in the NFL as a head coach, aside from Baltimore, and hopefully he never has to beat Baltimore <laughs> if we get the victory this Sunday. All right, let's start with our bold predictions then. I think mine might not be bold enough. We'll see. I think it is. That's why I put it. But I think we'll be the ones that break the streak. We'll get the pick off Russell Wilson. I like it. Do you want to do, you wanna do a, a bonus point uh, opportunity and say who gets the pick? Okay, here, here's the setup. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say this is not graded, <laughs> but I guess if we're gonna give me a bonus point, like sure. The way it happens is deflected pass, and it goes right into the arms of Marlon Humphrey, the king of the tip drill. Well, who who tips the pass? Well, the the tip expert binds. <laughs> Chris said it himself. <laughs> so the exact same thing as last week. I think so. I think that's All the right. way it happens. What what quarter <laughs> is this happening in? What the yard line? <laughs> <laughs> It happens in the third quarter after halftime adjustments, and um, it happens around midfield. I would say the R forty three yard line. <laughs> if, if it all happens exactly that way, you get ten bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Chris, do you have a bold prediction? Alec wasn't definitive enough in his. I, I feel like this is kind of stealing it, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Earl Thomas is the one to pick Russell Wilson off, and he returns it for a touchdown. Oh boy. <laughs> it's his revenge game. Oh, I like that. That's even better. Yeah, come on. I mean, that was, you know, that was a big storyline. I don't think we covered too much here, but how, how did yeah. how did we not cover that? Well, then we'll just have to talk about it now. Yeah, man. Do we do we think that gives the Ravens a bit of an advantage is well, let's put it this way. Cuz this this advantage could go either way. Do we think Earl knowing Russell is more of an advantage or Russell knowing Earl could be the advantage? I mean, I feel like it's going to go both ways. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. I mean, we'll find out Sunday whether, you know, one is more than the other. But now, man, I, f- I feel good about it. You know, I, you know, we saw what Steve Smith did against his revenge games against the Panthers. I, I think I think Earl's going to do the same thing against his former team. I think he wants to get back at him, show that uh, they need to take care of him a little bit more than that, than they did near the end of his career there. So I was willing to make an adjustment to my bold prediction if you didn't think it was bold enough of saying two interceptions. So I'm hoping, Chris, that we both get our bold predictions right this week. We definitely need it against Peter. Uh, (laughs) And he gets two picks. 
one of them's a pick six for Earl Thomas, and the other one is in <laughs> incredibly elaborate uh, <laughs> pick for uh, Humphrey. There you go. All right. Yeah, the only thing I want to say more <laughs> is actually about last week's bold predictions. All I got to say, man, I, I got to get off the, the Hayden Hurst train. I, I still I still really like him. I think he's going to be a good player, but I just can't pick against Mark Andrews because I thought that last week he wasn't going to play because he still had his foot injury, and it turns out he's going to play through his injuries anyway, and he's going to get almost 100 yards, and Hurst had one reception. So as, as much as I love you, Hurst, I... <laughs> Unless we know definitively that Andrews is out, I can't pick Hurst anymore. <laughs> I got to get off that train. Speaking of um, the standings, do we have a link to that on the main pe- pod page for uh, fans of the pod to, to see that? Keep track of that? Oh, uh, we can add it. Yeah, going off of last week, Chris didn't get it right with the Hurst prediction. Peter got his right. Mixon was held under 50 yards, and mine was incorrect. Five or more sacks by the Ravens. We were talking about this before the podcast, but against Cincinnati, it's like it was kind of a mixed bag from a pass rush perspective. We had two sacks on the final drive there. They got pressure throughout the game, but never got home. I thought Bowser looked pretty good all in all. He got some nice pressure on a few plays there. But yeah, they just weren't able to come home. I think it was kind of partially the play calling. So it's going to be interesting to see how Russell Wilson fares considering he's a far more mobile quarterback against this pass rush. I've come up with a bold prediction, and I think it's too bold because Hollywood's out. But we've talked about the struggles the Ravens are having in the secondary. You know, The Seahawks have a good, strong defense, but their secondary is somewhat suspect as well. I'm going to say the combined point total of this game is upwards of 70. Ooh. Yep, that sounds about right for my bold prediction, or my score prediction. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. wait, do I need to pick something different? Because then that's no, it's, a- that's <laughs> no, totally no. no, it's totally fine. I think All it's right. fine. On that note, Alec, do you want to do you want to give your score prediction first? I thought about this long and hard, guys. I've always been the Ravens truther on this podcast, the ray of optimism. And last week, I wasn't as optimistic as normal. And we posted the episode, and within forty minutes, it was a twenty minute episode. Within forty minutes, my grandfather emails me saying, "Really enjoy the podcast. You gotta keep optimistic." <laughs> so i gotta say this now i'm gonna be optimistic this game i think we're gonna take a page out of the cincinnati playbook we're gonna be aggressive tucker you're only gonna kick extra points for us 35 31 ravens it's gonna be a shootout it's gonna be a lot of touchdowns we might have to come from behind to pull this off because i could see the seahawks doing the same thing and not actually kicking those field goals if we get too far ahead so 35-31, Ravens, pretty please. <laughs> I like it. Peter, what do you think? I will admit, this is the game, like I said, I uh, yeah, I am so unsure of what game we're going to see on Sunday. Like I said, I'm leaning more towards right now a uh, high-powered sh- offensive shootout. I wouldn't be shocked. Did we check what the weather is going to be in Seattle for this game? Maybe I should have checked that before. I made my bold prediction. Yeah, they all know. It's too, it's too far out, I think. Yeah, <laughs> We're a week out. And you we know what? Know. You know what? The Ravens, they do have, shockingly enough, you wouldn't know it by the way the doom and gloom that some Ravens fans are talking about this team. The Ravens are still the number one offense as far as average yards per game in the NFL. They're up there with the likes of, of the Chiefs, 
the 49ers, the Texans, and now the Cowboys. We'll forget about that. And, and the Seahawks at number five. So, you know, both these offenses can move the ball and put up some points. The Ravens didn't really have that creative of a play calling perspective in the pass game against Cincy this week, but maybe they were holding some stuff back. <sighs> I hate to do this. I am going to pick Seattle, though, 38 to 35. I hope I'm wrong, simply because of the home field advantage. So, by the way, Peter, although you've already given your prediction, so you can't edit it now, it does <laughs> seem like <laughs> it does seem like it's going to be a 40% chance of showers pretty much all week, actually, from Wednesday until the following Wednesday. But Well, then there's going to be no tackling, and, and there's going to be tons of touchdowns, <laughs> like the end of that uh, Vikings-Ravens game in 2013. Oh, man. Yeah, I pulled up the weather as well. It's really interesting. We're recording on a Monday, but the Wednesday... 80% chance, Thursday, 90% chance of rain, but then it kind of tails off. But every single day, they're like, it could rain. No one knows for sure. Well, that's that's just every day in Seattle, right? Yeah, it really is. So we'll see. It'll be a crisp game for sure, mid to lower 50s. So Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of with Peter on this one. As much as I'd love to be uh, an optimist on this game, I we're really going to struggle, I think, with all the injuries that we're dealing with. We're still trying to figure things out on defense. Offense, it really is dependent on whether Hollywood plays this week. I could see the team resting him that way he gets this week and then the following bye week to, to really heal up and to be strong for the second half of the season. So I'm Again, it's early in the week, so we don't know whether he'll play or not. But at the moment, I'm kind of leaning toward maybe shutting them down this week. I'm going to say 27-24 Seahawks. I will say my score, I think, is a little uh, less than you guys. I mean, we're both strong running teams. And while we're you know good on the offense, I mean, it doesn't mean that we're built for a shootout. I mean, we both might try to run the ball. So I think we'll score. I just don't think it'll be as high of a scoring affair as you guys think it is. But again, these are bold predictions. Who knows? It could happen. It could not. It could be 9-6 Seahawks, 9-6 Ravens. Who who the heck knows? Chris, I think, is hedging about our new formula. <laughs> this seems like the formulatic pick. <laughs> well, you if the Ravens do win, you win, you win outright, even if the game's 9-6. <laughs> you get you're, you get you go you'll tie me for our, our score prediction game yeah we'll see how it goes i will say one last thing on chris's comment about the shootout which i i do agree with by the way and we also know these numbers are slightly inflated by the miami game but it's not just yardage that the ravens offense is high up in they are actually the second highest scoring offense still just below the patriots and the seahawks are at number seven you know and actually something i want to bring up is when i was talking about the game flow of this game one of the reasons why the ravens haven't put up more points is because they haven't been as aggressive as they were in that kansas city game they haven't been using that extra down a fourth down to see if they continue the drive and there are a few times certain listeners just turned off the podcast right now <laughs> it's okay if, 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 if they made this far it's good enough <laughs> <laughs> they heard all the predictions but here's the thing right like if if they give themselves that extra down considering the way that they've been playing which i think is pretty pretty darn good the offense is is clicking i could actually see them having scored more points if they were a little bit more aggressive yeah. so that's a, i think it's worth mentioning that and 
perhaps that's uh maybe that's our secret. Maybe that's how we revolutionize the the offensive game in the in uh, the NFL is that we just start going for it because our offense is good enough that that extra down to get a first down benefits us overall. I don't know. If if it weren't our bye week uh, after Seattle, I would probably think that Greg Roman would be more willing to add a few more wrinkles to this offense that we haven't seen before. I, I still th- I'm it might happen. I think it might just because we know that Seattle is a good team and you know they're looking at our film and we might want to throw some things in there to be able to get a little bit of an upper hand, but we're going to need a lot more of those plays for the second half of the season. And I know that all the reporters asking about Roman, like, hey, have you put everything out yet? And he's like, no, no, we haven't we haven't done everything yet. We've got, we got some stuff. We're working on it. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but then again, we'll see. We'll see. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening to this extended look-ahead episode against Seattle. We're all being hopeful that the Ravens will win. It's going to definitely be a close and hard-fought game. I was saying at this bachelor party this weekend that I really do think with Lamar Jackson and this current team that every game is kind of a coin flip game against good teams. I just, I just believe that we'll keep it close. We'll be competitive and just make it interesting. So it seems like our predictions are definitely in line with that going forward. Again, we got a brand new Twitter Ravens underscore recap. And we didn't do it last week, but I, I would like to start maybe us live tweeting during the games. Maybe we'll make that commitment on the pod right now that we're going to try to remember to do that. <laughs> I get so absorbed. I was I was joking today at work. Like when I watch the Ravens play, I get so absorbed. And like I, I kind of forget what happened in a way. Like I write these notes, but I like I have to go back and watch because <laughs> to really get a full, full grasp of like how the whole game played out because I'm just like living in the moment. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. And you can also email us, feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'd love to do our recap episode with a little bit of listener questions or whatnot, some listener feedback. So you can find us there. And of course, patreon.com. Uh, you can support us, Ravens Recap there. I got to mention, guys, 13 out of 1,000 this week in DraftKings. Felt really good. <laughs> Stefan Diggs, finally, <laughs> my savior. So we'd love if we got a little bit of support there, help the podcast continue with that thank you guys hope you enjoy your week and let's hope for a big ravens win it's football he's just ready he's ready to go you know i mean there's there's maybe a couple different things uh, terminology wise uh that 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 he's got to get used to and and he said he'd let me know by uh friday if he's ready to go the whole thing and i said well just lie to me and tell me that you are and we'll just go play <laughs> so